We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. I feel like I, I live and coach in the, the greatest uh, sports town in, the, in America. It means so much to everybody there. That's what you want, right? When you're a little kid playing in a peewee football game, you're like, where is everybody? I want them to see us. I want, to see, I want them to see everything that we have to offer them, right? That's what you want. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. If you, if you are playing professional football, you want to rest in your stadium. It's just that simple. <laughs> Wait a minute. Except that guy from the family from Silver Linings Playbooks. Uh, all right. We are delighted to uh, – it's Mully and Haw in Chicago. We're delighted to head back out to the Super Bowl and welcome in Elliot Shore Parks. He is the Eagles reporter for WIP. Good morning, Elliot. How are you? Hey, what's going on? Thanks for having me on. We appreciate you jumping on. And, uh, you know, we've been discussing pretty much for the last two weeks what we think of Nick Sirianni, how we kind of, I don't know, balance the idea that even, you know, we were doing this in the final eight. Where does he stand as a head coach in comparison to the other coaches? And, you know, we could be a Super Bowl winning coach by Sunday evening. Yeah, uh, so you asked me where I, where I think he ranks among the other coaches in the league. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, I, you know, I think there was a long stretch, uh, you know, for a few years where it was Lashawn McVay, Kyle Shanahan, all these young coaches that that were viewed as the best up and coming coaches, and by some, you know, the best in the league. Period. I think Nick Sirianni belongs right there with them uh, in that conversation. I mean, Nick checks every box that you would want from a head coach. First of all he's turned this offense into one of the best offenses in the league. And in the NFL, offense is what matters. So that's a huge box for him. Uh, He's played a role in taking Jalen Hurts into a second-round pick that not many teams believed in to an MVP candidate and to a quarterback that's playing in the Super Bowl on Sunday. So, And then outside of just that, uh, you know, getting a chance to cover the team up close and being in the building every day, uh, they he's created a great culture there. And I think last night – at media night, people got a chance to see, you know, the real Nick and uh, his strength. So, you know, where he would rank, I, you know, I don't know, top five or something. I, I think he's right there with, with any coach you would want to start your, your team with. How surprising is that given the way things started? And also when you talk about what he's done for Jalen Hurts, is it because of the way they structured the offense around him or how have they been able to, schematically take most advantage, uh, take, you know, yeah. get the most out of his skill set? Yeah, so I would say first with Jalen, and I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about him as well, but 
clearly he deserves a ton of credit for the improvement. He's one of the hardest workers uh, I've ever been around. I think anyone you talk to that's been around Jalen would say that. So he's played a, a huge role in, in his own improvement. But in terms of what Sirianni has done, I, I think it's a couple things. A, I think that the coaching staff there between Sirianni, the offensive coordinator, and the quarterback coach have just done a really good job on helping Hurts with his mechanics. So, so that's part of it. He gets the ball out quicker. His accuracy has improved year to year in a way that, you know, you don't often see in the NFL. But I do think from an offensive standpoint, they have built an offense uh, around him that, you know, helps his skill set. You'll see a lot of RPOs on Sunday in the Super Bowl. He might be the best RPO quarterback in the entire NFL when you consider their ability to run the ball combined with his ability to be a threat. So I just think overall that developing him, working on things he needed to in the passing game, and then, you know, building, building the offense, they've done an outstanding job turning Jalen into, you know, maybe the best quarterback in the league, if not one of, you know, top three. Um, it, it's fascinating to me because I agree with what you're saying, and I think we've seen um, great play out of, uh, out of Jalen Hurts, and he's a, you know, two-way player, et cetera. But I, I guess if I'm ranking the players in this Super Bowl, Mahomes has to be the best player um, in the league. So I would probably think of him – where, when, who's the best player for for the Philadelphia Eagles? If you had to rank the roster, who would you say yeah. is their best player? It, it's a great question. Um, I think you're right that if you were to say who's the best player in the game right now, you would say Mahomes, and then you know there's Chris Jones and Travis Kelsey. But I think if you rank the top twenty in the in the game, the far majority of them would be Eagles. Now, who's the best player on the Eagles? That's a tough question because, you know, if you want to take positional value into consideration, like it would be Jalen because he, he's the quarterback. But in terms of who's just the best at their job, I mean, you can go a lot of places. Like Hassan Reddick, I think, might be the most underrated player in the entire NFL when you consider what he's done this year at a premium position. Uh, I think since the since November or since December started, he's averaging almost a sack a game. He creates forced fumbles. He consistently gets pressure. And, you know, edge rusher is an incredibly important position. So you can make an argument for Hassan Reddick. You can make an argument for A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown's been outstanding yeah. this year. You could make an argument for Lane Johnson. I mean, that's the thing that I think people are going to see about with this Eagles team on Sunday is they have a very, very, very good roster. So it's going to come down to, you know, quarterback and head coach. But the Eagles roster is better than the Chiefs roster. So, Elliot, five years ago, about now, Philly was still celebrating the Philly special and Nick Foles and yeah. Doug Peterson and that Super Bowl victory. Peterson gets fired, Foles moves on, and all of a sudden, here's his second iteration. New coach, new quarterback, same general manager, same uh, front office. How do you explain such a quick turnaround and pivot from going from winning a Super Bowl, firing a coach, starting over, and then here the Eagles are back on the on the verge of winning again. Yeah. Well, and also, I mean, having Carson Wentz force his way out, right? So that that's a that was a big hurdle for this team to to overcome. But I actually think that there's a lot of ways they've done it. I mean, they've been excellent at drafting. Uh, Howie Roseman has been really good at the way he structures contracts so that they can have a lot of talent on the roster. Um, so that that's a big part of it. But I also think another kind of lesson to learn from the Eagles turnaround is in a league where people can be so quick to make decisions on firing people and, you know, not giving people time to, to really improve at their job. One thing that the Eagles have given Howie Roseman is he has, you know, he's been given, he's been kept at times where other GMs probably would have been fired. And now that he's been on the job for a long time, you can really see that he, he has improved a, a ton. I mean, they're operating at a really high level right now. And I think it's because they've experienced a lot of things. There's really nothing 
that you could throw at this front office that they haven't been through before. They've won a Super Bowl, so they know how to, to bounce back from that. They've been 4-11 and once. So they know how to bounce back from that. They fire head coaches. So my, my, my like kind of message to other teams that want to learn, you know, how can you get to the Super Bowl is to maybe give, the, give people in positions of power a little bit long, more time than you would otherwise because experience has really helped this Eagles team. I'm interested about the offensive line, and in particular, Lane Johnson playing through injury and yeah. almost like anticipating the snap. You know, we've taught he seems offsides quite a bit. Now they don't call mm-hmm. that in the Super Bowl, so fair whack to him. Off he goes. But but he's been unbelievable given the severity of that injury, the abdominal injury. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think football is such a fast game that if you slow it down, you can really make anything seem, you know, like like he's jumping off sides. I think in the moment, you know, he's just timing the snap really well. Um, but in terms of his play through injury, yeah, I mean, he's playing with an injury that requires surgery. He has a groin injury currently that if he was, you know, everyday life or if it was week four, he would be having surgery. But Right now, it's the Super Bowl and it's the playoffs, so he's playing, and you wouldn't know that he's injured. I mean, I think he might be the best tackle in the NFL, regardless of side. There's certainly a lot of great tackles, but but Lane has an argument for it. I mean, I, I don't think he's given up a sack since the beginning of last season, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, it's just been an absurd run he's on in terms of just playing at a high level, and clearly he's injured, and you know, I'm sure it really is painful for him, but, but I, I've seen him play two playoff games and you really don't see a difference and uh, how he's played despite being injured. So, Elliot, people here in Chicago curious about the Robert Quinn experience. He was a popular bear, set a record here for single-season sacks, and now he's on the Eagles. We, we saw him interviewed during the opening night at the Super Bowl. What has been his impact, if any? I know it's been limited because of injury, but have you had much yeah. experience with Robert Quinn? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll say first, uh, as a guy, he, he's been awesome. I mean, I can see why he would be a fan favorite where he's at. Uh, the times I've talked to him here in Philadelphia, he, he, he's a great guy. And I think that he provides, like, some veteran leadership. But in terms of on the field, I mean, even before he was injured, he, he's given the Eagles absolutely nothing. I mean, like, literally nothing. I can't think of one play he's made for the team this year. So, it, from a trade perspective, you know, I think the Eagles – like they they were all in it and they're trying to win. And as a, as a fifth kind of defensive end, you know, may, maybe you can make the argument that that way it was a good move. And look, if he makes a play on Sunday, then the trade's absolutely worth it if they win the game. But there's no question that in an, in a season of where the Eagles have really hit on so many moves, uh, the Robert Quinn one has, has been a disaster. <laughs> um, I, I'm curious, the, the, we talked about it a little bit earlier, the short yardage, rugby scrum slash Roman phalanx that the uh, that the Eagles use is extraordinary and it's always successful and and do you credit that to Kelsey as the center gets so low to the ground to to um, the quarterback who is so strong I mean how, how does that work for them and you don't see it the same way around the league shouldn't more teams try that or is that the uniqueness of those two players um i think it's probably a combination of of a little bit everything one i do think that sometimes around the league you see teams just overthink it i mean it's it's just a yard it's not that far so i think if you know teams really just committed to doing it all the time you would see them you know convert at a pretty high rate but if you look at the eagles personnel they're they're they are very well set up to convert i mean they're the interior their offensive line 
Kelsey's a bit undersized, but uh, their guards are huge. Landon Dickerson, Isaac Samalu, both have really good size for a guard. And then Jalen Hurts, I mean, he squats 600 pounds. Like he is, he, his lower body strength is insane. So when you combine that with the fact that it's just a yard, yeah, I mean, I think the Eagles are, are really, really good at it. But I, I do, I think a lot of teams, if they committed themselves to it, would be able to, to do it at a high rate. We've heard a lot about the Eagles' collective demeanor and their poise and handling the, the moments, the, the clutch. And how would you describe the way they've handled so much so far the, the hoopla of Super Bowl week? I think they've handled it well. Uh, you know, this is a team that does have players that have, have been in the Super Bowl five years ago, especially at key positions. You know, talk about Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson, Brandon Graham. Uh, so, so from that way, they're used to it. But the other thing is this, this Eagles team has a lot of players from big schools. Uh, Jalen Hurts, Devontae Smith, you know, nothing compares to the Super Bowl. But the SEC is, you know, it's about as close to a professional league as there is in college. And the SEC championship game, the college championship games, I mean, those are, those are huge events as well. And they've played in those spotlights. They've had success in those spotlights. They've struggled in those spotlights. So I think that, you know, being a media night last night, seeing all the cameras around Jalen, you would think for a first-time quarterback that would be something that would get to him, but he seemed the same old cool, calm, and collected Jalen. So it seems like they're, uh, so far at least, handling it really well. I'm curious when you um, think about him and the success that he's had this year. You know, obviously we're here in Chicago, so it resonates when you think about a guy that can run and we watched his career and how he had to transfer to Oklahoma and then come mm -hmm. back and he's a second-round pick. I mean – it's a great story. We also are here in Chicago, and, and we hear his coach compare his competitiveness to that of Michael Jordan. So is that the secret to how he became a better passer? Just I'm going to compete. I'm going to make myself better. And, uh, mm -hmm. and how do you think Justin Fields can turn into that? What's the secret? Yeah. Yeah, so I would say having lived through the Jalen Hurts experience here in Philadelphia, my advice to the Chicago Bears and my message to fans in Chicago would be believe in Justin Fields. I, 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 you know, from afar, I'm all in on Justin Fields. I think he can be what Jalen Hurts is to an extent. Uh, you know, last year, Jalen Hurts was, a, a, was bad passing the ball. And it was, he was bad for a few reasons. A, he was a rookie, right, just starting. So that was part of it. But the thing I think that's underrated, it, it isn't just when you have bad receivers, it's not that they're like, they can't make one-on-one -on -one contested catches is that they run routes the wrong way. It's that they don't run good routes. The timing isn't there. So it makes it really hard for the quarterback to improve. You've seen this year with the Eagles, they've added talent. They added AJ Brown. Devontae Smith is now in his second year. And as a result, like Jalen deserves all the credit in the world for the hard work and everything. But I really think one of the main reasons Jalen's way better this year is because the talent around him is better. He's in the same scheme. They, they, the, he's more comfortable with the plays, like all those things. So I think that, yes, Jalen is unique in the way that his personality, right? Like, I've never been around someone that I think controls the room the way Jalen does, and he works really hard. But the similarity with Justin Fields, I mean, Justin Fields went to big-time college programs. Yep. Justin Fields was a high draft pick, right? So I think in Chicago, the, the future is incredibly bright with, with Justin Fields. I mean, I would focus on building around that guy. I would focus on getting him more experience. And I really think this time next year, we could be talking – I don't think the Bears are going to be in the Super Bowl, but we could be talking about Justin Fields being the guy that took the Jalen Hurts lead. Sounds great. Thank you so much, Elliot. Really appreciate it. Wonderful. Thanks, Elliot. Yep. No problem. Talk to you guys. Enjoy your week. That is uh, Elliot Shore Parks. I, I like that.
Yeah, well, I mean, it's optimistic who's, about who the Bears. Like who doesn't like to hear that about Justin Fields and All mirroring? All they need is get him the receiver. They need their A.J. Brown. They need yes. their, yes. you know, Hassan Reddick. They need their additions to like it. the roster. Well, you like it. Of course you like it because look where it got the Eagles. Five years after winning the Super Bowl, they fired the coach, changed quarterbacks, and they're back in the Super Bowl. All they need is a new front seven, um, another couple corners, yeah, maybe get the wide, wide receiver? receivers because you need the you need the catch everything guys a big guy and you need the speed. You guy. need a wide receiver that's going to make the Pro Bowl not as a prop but as a need, receiver. You need a couple of the best linemen in football. Yeah, there you go. That's, that's all. all. Just add it to I, what you have and you're I, laughing. I love the insight because when we talk to people who cover the teams that sure. we don't cover, you find out more about them. Certainly, I don't know though about. Nick Sirianni as a top five coach, I, I just think that's a little, little provincial. Well, I mean, we will think of him completely differently I, if they do win the the Super not, Bowl. Not in a top five coach. No. No, Mully. No. He'll no. be number one. I, they Dave. could win going away on Sunday, and I won't think that he's a top five head coach in the NFL. I, I And I'll stand by that. I, I think the roster – is the best roster in the NFL. They, they have. Can I ask you a question? Sure. Did you think Sean McVay was the best coach in the league when he won the Super Bowl? Yes. I thought he was a top five to ten coach in do, the league. How do you feel about him now? Same. Yeah, I do too. I'd still give up a draft pick. <laughs> That's a trick question. You're trying to no, trap I'm, me. I, You're I'm, trying to back I, me into a corner. I wasn't. I yeah. just wanted to. I wanted I, to I, hear your I response. I get to that. it. I, I don't. I, I I agree with you. I think that Sean McVay. That was like they, they had to build toward that, and he, they had to get him everything, but he got the job done, and he had been there before, and I, I think he's a really good coach, and anyone within a sneeze of him, God bless you, uh, gets, a, uh, gets a, uh, a head coaching job. I, I want to be fair to Nick Sirianni. I, I think, though, as we have been talking all week, the biggest impact that he has had feels like it's emotional. The fire, the passion. Who who right. used those two words when describing him and his impact on this team? And that matters. It's very important. But when you're evaluating him against the other coaches in the league, I think that he had an obligation with this group not to mess it up. Right. They needed maybe that emotional spark. They needed that kind of direction and leadership. Maybe that is his strength and great. I just don't think it's going to be, even if they win, enough to, for me to say that he's like one of the I, top five listen, coaches in the I league. I totally agree with you. And I still think we're going to have this this discussion about him depending on how his career goes from here. I mean, if they start winning regularly, then I think we're going to think of him differently. And if indeed he's changed the culture of the team, which is, is to me like – I don't quite understand what that means, to be honest with you. I kind of get it, but I also kind of think that it's it's just it's just. Tough. I don't think it was as necessary in Philadelphia as it is in some places, right? Because Philadelphia, as Elliot pointed out, still has some veterans who were there exactly. in 2018 when they won. Right. They still have the memory and the experience of going back to a Super Bowl and having a positive uh, result. So I think that when he came in. It was very different circumstances. There was a, a political tug-of-war with the front office and the coaching staff. There was a quarterback who was wanting to get, uh, you know, uh, to move on, a very unpopular leader yes. and teammate in Carson yes. Wentz. Yes, So it wasn't as – there wasn't as much of a cultural overhaul, if you will, in Philadelphia as was required in some places like here. 
at Hellas Hall or other places that are welcoming in new coaches. 312-644-6767. It's Molly and Hall on the score. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We got to just just address it, right? It's going to be, I don't know how Tom feels. I, I never spoken to him about it, but, you know, listen, he's, we all understand, like, I'm doing a production meeting with him and potentially he could be taking my job. And it's, a, you know, it's a weird, it's a weird dynamic. So we were just sitting there and we were just kind of, kind of shooting the a little bit and uh we were talking and he was asking us how we doing and i was just like you know tom you should just leave this tv stuff to me man i was like it's miserable you're not gonna lie and he got a kick out of it and just i think it just kind of ripped the band-aid off and just let everyone know like we're not gonna take this make more of this than it is we're not gonna make it too serious (laughs) mully and all chicago sports radio 670 the score that is the voice of greg olson and he was on the Sports Legends of Carolina's podcast and talking about the fact that Tom Brady is uh, is basically uh, the man in waiting to be the lead broadcaster for Fox. By all reports, and I think it was the New York uh, Post that reported it, uh, Tom has a 10-year, $375 million <laughs> deal in place with Fox. And Tom said yesterday – Oh, well, I'm I'm going to take a year off and really work on my craft. Yeah, so I want to see the fine back. print of that contract. Yeah. What exactly does it stipulate? Did it include the possibility of this gap year? And what happens if at the end of next year, when he's ready to step into the booth, Greg Olson has established himself as the best analyst in, in sports or in that sport? Because it's possible. At the end of next season, Greg Olson, who continues to get better every game, could have could be the guy that you don't want replaced if you're Fox. Also, I just think that when you're Tom Brady and you now have made the difficult and emotional decision to retire, as we saw when he made his beach front appeal and emotional, you know, <laughs> retirement message. Then he comes back a week later. He's not going to work for a year? Here's the thing, David. When a guy has retired before and come back, that's why he's not making his big speech because he's already done that. Now he's going to take a year off. I think with Tom Brady, it's going to be the third time's a charm. Okay. (laughs) You're leaving open the door because you might go back through it to play. That's the only way to interpret this. I don't think it's because he wants to spend – I don't know. Whoever here's what's going to happen. Everybody's going to move on. Like Tom Brady's not available. Not every team's going to be satisfied with what that means. The teams that need quarterbacks are going to go out and get them because they can't wait. And someone is going to be waiting there, dissatisfied with what they the result is, and maybe have a vacancy. There aren't that many good quarterbacks in the National Football League. So you can't tell me that by June or July somebody's going to be going into training camp preparing for 
you know, the beginning of a season and not consider the possibility of Tom Brady ending that retirement and, and going back to back to play. That That's the way I read this gap year nonsense because you're going to tell me somebody as driven as he is who's done the job for the last two decades, you have to have this discipline, this drive, this competitive nature. He's going to shut that off because he's going to do nothing for a year? I think he should. I mean, I, and I don't know what the small print is, as you say, and I don't know if they – thought they were going to get some kind of reality show out of him and the, and the family. But maybe Tom should, like, do, like, a, like, like some equivalent of The Bachelor. <laughs> you think? Well, I'm just doing well, it for Fox. Maybe Fox could do that. And, and if that think? means that they would leave well enough alone with the broadcast booth, I would watch it just to boost the ratings. Because well, I'm not looking forward. I don't have anything against Tom Brady, the broadcaster, but I have no idea how good or bad he is. I do like Greg Olson. I do like Greg Olson, the person. I think that Greg Olson, the broadcaster, is as good as you would expect somebody who works at it the way that you knew that he would work at it. He's terrific. He is. And I just don't want to see him lose his job because Tom Brady decided, well, now it's time I want to go into the booth. He didn't do anything to lose his job. Greg Olson's better than Tony Romo. Well, that's, that's not a Fox issue, is it? No, it's not. I'm just saying, relatively speaking, that's why I just think it's be unfortunate if he just if he just got had to step aside for an unknown quantity. Tom Brady might be very good at broadcasting. Likely, likelihood is that he will be, but I, I can wait. I'm not disappointed that he's not going to be in the booth next year. Tom ought to wait till like the midway point in the season. You know, see how many quarterbacks go down in San Francisco. See if there's he could. Like a, a good team that lost a quarterback. Just take your Stay time. Stay in shape. Stay in shape. You got TB12. Work, work out stuff. with your helmet in your backyard. Yeah, why not? Yeah. You know, who's going to – Who he can do whatever he wants and then be able to come back then because the whole season-long thing didn't work out for him, right? Well, I mean, he, he went through – he had to go take a break to, to get divorced, whatever. He's he not doing. an 18-week quarterback. And then at the end of the year, he was bad. His final game of the season – He looked old. He didn't look good. He ran out of gas. So why not? I, I said this before. You guys, yeah, if we, we play back the tape. I think you guys both scoffed at me last week when I said that he should just look at this as a, a ten-game season next year, pick out where he can just go at the trade deadline, join a team, and get to the playoffs and go from there. I, that's that's probably what he's planning. Frankly, I, I mean, it would be a good. I mean. Think about it. Think about this year. There could have been different opportunities for him. If would if Tom Brady is uh, the is quarterbacking San Francisco instead of Josh Johnson, do you not win that game? You probably win that game. As good as the Eagles are, it would have been close. But you you chances are you would have won that game. That defense played great, San Francisco. It's just they didn't have the quarterback. They've got everything in place except for the quarterback. Yeah. They they don't have somebody that makes a, a difference to the to the extent that their defensive line does or their weapons do. So yeah, I could see that. I, I don't know if that's realistic. I don't think it's realistic. Because I think that there's a good chance they may have somebody who's winning games for them. It would be hard like you would have been personally offended if Tom had come out of retirement to take over 
for Brock, Brock Purdy, Purdy. I might have been in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. I, I would have understood whatever it, the equivalent. It would have bothered is. me. Yeah, it would have it, it would have interrupted the great story. Yeah, because I didn't like it the way you dismissed the great story. I, I, yeah. I, I just didn't think I I I I could be wrong, but I believe that no rookie quarterback has ever been to the Super Bowl, and uh, and that stands. And I thought that was a problem for them. Blatant lack of respect. It was a blatant. As lack much of as I maybe am not giving Nick Sirianni probably the respect he has earned. Yes. You were doubly bad in not giving Brock Purdy the respect he had earned. I think I think you're worse with the head coach than I was with the rookie quarterback. Hold on. Third quarterback. You can't tell me you agree with Elliot Shore Parks that Nick Sirianni, if they win, is a top five NFL head coach. I don't know how they're going to win. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if Nick's going to make that unbelievable you call. You can't go from considering it potentially the biggest coaching mismatch in Super Bowl history and then pivot and say he's a top five head coach if they win. I can I can react no. in the moment to anything. <laughs> no, I, I would definitely not. I, I mean, right now, I don't know where Nick Sirianni is as a head coach. He would definitely be like the leader in the pack for the worst introductory news conference. Mm-hmm. And he's so lucky that uh, that Dan Campbell was – I don't think that was a bad news conference. It was kind of a crazy news conference, and it was funny to hear, and I think we all had a good kick with it. Um, but I think he's done okay for himself. He has, no doubt about it. Yeah, I, I do have but to give Nick, him a grudging amount of respect. Yeah, I, I, I think Nick would be in the, in the top 20 for me. <laughs> top half. Let's go there. Yeah. Here's what's interesting, too, about Sirianni. You know, you, you look at the the Colts right now, mm-hmm. and the reports out of Indy are that Jim Mercer is leaning heavy, more heavily toward Jeff Saturday as a potential head coaching uh, choice and uh, the permanent head coach. Okay. Three years ago, Frank Reich was the head coach. Nick Sirianni was the offensive coordinator. Matt Eberflus was the defensive coordinator. All three of those guys are head coaches that passed through Indianapolis – and now they're going to name Jeff Saturday, the head coach, former player with a half-season experience as the interim. No, well, he, he coached the high school. Don't forget that. Oh, that's right. I just wonder, we have a lot of respect for Chris Ballard as a talent evaluator, as a general manager. But if they go that direction, it's like, what has – you fire Frank Reich – you let the two coordinators who have had coaching jobs out the door and you hire next player with no experience. What's well, going on in Indy? Well, What happened? Well, the, the, the answer is that it's a toy, and the guy that has the toy wants to play with it. That's it. And, and I think that – I mean, if, it's, if he really believes that, uh, that his dear friend Jeff Saturday is the right guy – then he's gonna he's gonna say that you know what he he owns the team so he does he's allowed to and you remember what Dave Wanstead always said about the coach the same is true about the general manager yes the three most people most important people to impress and to please when you are either the coach or the GM the owner the owner the owner did he say Don Shula taught him that yes it, yeah it's a good lesson good. it's a good lesson yeah you can't overcome the owner well and I mean apparently Jeff Saturday heard that from Dave. <laughs> hey, who would who would take advice from Dave? I take advice from Dave. I have taken advice from Dave. Chicago yeah. takes advice from Dave. They should. Chicago football fans, 
What a treat. So I I am uh I just like to make my Super Bowl pick now just okay. to get it over with. I'm staying with my original pick. I don't feel like I it it I, it all the pressure is off. If I were picking the game right now, let's remind people what your original I, pick my was. My original pick was the Chiefs over the Eagles in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So since I said that, I'm going to stick with it. Okay. I believe that the Eagles are probably the team I would bet on at this point. I think the Chiefs are compromised a little bit, and I worry about the receiving core. I worry about their offense. I worry about the quarterback, um, and I think the Eagles have had the easier run. Uh, in terms of just, th- I mean, they, they've barely broken a sweat in the two games they've won. So I think that they're probably going to win the Super Bowl. Um, but because I made the pick, I, all the pressure's off. I don't have to do anything. I can just, you know, rest, well, all the pressure's off rest because on my you're, laurels. You're picking the Chiefs because you picked them in September. Yes. But you're saying that you would bet on the Eagles, so you're covered on both. See, see how I've just I see how everyone. I see how you've done I, that. I picked the Chiefs over the Eagles in September, so therefore I stay with that pick because I, that I have the chance of actually being completely correct. I, I think which is ridiculous. It's very difficult to envision the Eagles losing this game for me, even though I respect the offense and Andy Reid and Mahomes and Kelsey. But I do think that there are parallels between this Super Bowl and what the Chiefs ran into when they played the Bucks. In that one, I just don't see this defensive line for the Eagles relenting. They're going to get to the quarterback. They're going to make it for a long day. That's the way I'm leaning right now on Tuesday I like, morning. I like that you you think of it as the uh, Tampa uh, Super Bowl that they're gonna they're gonna just pressure the hell out of them and get him on the run, and he's going to be retreating as much as moving forward. And if you want another example, I, I look at uh, Hassan Reddick as a a modern day version or a more modern version of uh, Von Miller. So he's going to dominate could, the Super Bowl. He, and he could be, the, yeah, I, I, I think that would be a good bet if you talk about MVP bets, good yeah. odds. Hassan Reddick wouldn't be bad. Is it possible they win the Super Bowl without a touchdown from Jalen Hurts throwing touchdown? Yes. Because they won the NFC Championship that way. I think it's very conceivable. Okay. Then you're going with defense. Do you know that Jalen Hurts squatted 600 pounds? I think it's closer to 700. I think we've heard that about 14 times this week. He was doing that in high school. I'm not making that up. He was love that story. Listen, have you seen him lift? Strong, tough guy. Strong guy. Got a lot of faith in him. Probably hurt. Probably going to fall apart in the Super Bowl. God bless him. God bless him. (laughs) I like to say God bless you. If you sneeze, Jesus after sneezes. (laughs) It's a life philosophy. All right. We've got uh, Dan and Lawrence. We'll check them next. Molly and Haw, the score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is kind. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. 
watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.